Hello, everyone, and welcome to a not-quite-usual episode of Cult Cinema Catacombs. Uh, we're doing something kind of off the beaten path here, um, and uh, for a good reason. We just actually recently lost a very big um, figure in the world of cult cinema. Uh, Sid Haig, unfortunately, has passed away from health complications, and um, we felt that it would be fun, even though we're in the midst of recording the official 19th movie, uh, Twice Dead, we would have we would have felt remiss if we didn't do some sort of a tribute to him, because I, he was, like I said, a major fixture in the cult world. Um, sure. <laughs> um, I mean, and it, and it goes beyond, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses and stuff. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. He was, um, he was, um done a lot of television he was in kill bill uh he was uh in um he's been in everything yeah, really when you get down to it pretty so much he's been in quite a lot um and, and in some places where you would be honestly surprised to find sid hagan because he's become so associated with horror films that you wouldn't expect him to um, appear in stuff like MacGyver or Hill Street Blues or The Fall Guy, uh, you know all this, or, or even Fantasy Island you know, from from the seventies. Oh yeah, I mean you wouldn't think that of him because you know a lot of people when they think of of him they think of Captain Spaulding from A House of a Thousand Corpses. Well, uh, he got he got typecast as you know because of the way he looks. He got typecast into the the menacing big guy kind of creepy dude yeah. role pretty pretty early on in his career, as we're going to talk about today. Yeah, um, I mean, as far back as nineteen sixty, what eight is that? Uh, is that what we're talking about? Uh, let's see, is that nineteen? I think it's nineteen sixty eight. No, nineteen sixty seven. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's done some pretty notable stuff outside oh, of yeah. the cold genre. I mean, he was on Mission Impossible for a while. He was in um, THX eleven thirty eight. Um, you know, which is uh, the first major film to come from George Lucas. Uh, he uh, was in Shaft. I mean, he was. I mean, he he did do some very. Oh, he was also on um, the the classic television show Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman. He was. Uh, he played a character named Texas on the show. <laughs> as um, well, you sh as well he should. <laughs> so you know, he's done a lot of fun stuff, but he he really will be known for his involvement in horror films. And I mean, unfortunately, he has passed away. I mean, a lot of people thought that Three from Hell. Uh, would be his final film appearance, but it turned out that he did complete appearances in two other films before his death that are coming out next year. Uh, one is called Ab Abruptio, and then um, I'm really curious about this one, Hanukkah the movie. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I, I... It's I, only open for eight nights. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Uh, he's playing a character by the. <laughs> I love this. His name is Judah Lazarus. And wow. Yeah, he's playing the serial killer in the movie, and he's starring in this with um, with other uh, people who are well known in the cult world, like Caroline Williams uh, from uh, the Chainsaw movies, PJ Souls. Oh, uh, really? And, and 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 what I love most of all, Roger Rabbit himself, Charles Fleischer. 
uh, is in this movie. <laughs> and I, I I can't wait to see this just based on the summary. Well, first of all, it, you've got to look the poster up because the poster's a parody of Friday the 13th. And it's it's basically this Hasidic Jew image holding a, a dreidel with a sharpened point on it. Um, here is the summary of the film. Uh, Obadiah Lazarus is the son of Judah Lazarus, the original Hana killer. In 1983, Judah terrorized New York for seven days and seven nights and was preparing to sacrifice his eight-year-old son on the eighth night. Judah was convict was convinced that it was God's will, like Abraham and Isaac, to sacrifice his only son to God. Luckily for Obadiah, the police tracked Judah down and stopped the sacrifice, but Judah was gunned down in the process. Warped by hatred with no guidance, Obadiah Lazarus then becomes a religious extremist, intolerant of non-Jewish people, of bad Jews who eat shrimp, and those he perceives to be the enemies of the Jewish faith, so on Hanukkah decides to follow in his father's footsteps. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot happening <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> so Sid Haig is playing Judah Lazarus, and someone by the name of Joe Nettler is playing Obadiah uh, Lazarus. Uh, so that that will be his last feature film debut, and I, I've got to see it just based on description alone because it just sounds wacky as hell. It sounds wild. Yeah, it yeah. sounds wild. So we're getting a Hanukkah horror film. Who knew? Um, well, it, I don't know that that's happened. We've gotten horror films from every other holiday. So well, right? we've got, yeah, we've got. There's this anthology movie coming out this year. Also, I can't remember the name of it, but it does have a. Uh, there's this anthology holiday film coming out, and it does have a chapter in there that's set on Hanukkah. So, oh this, really? Yeah, it's about this kid who gets this. Um, this uh, rabbi toy that apparently is not what it, we think it is. So, I, I, Hollywood's branching out. Let's just say, let's just say that Hollywood is branching out. Hollywood has run out of ideas. <laughs> but we're not. Oh man, it's a it's the deep state though. Yeah, it, that's what it is. I, I have a funny. I'm trying thing. to attract the uh, the incel audience. Mm -hmm. uh, the eight chance to. To our, our podcast. Yeah, so, there you go. Uh, obviously, this is uh, incels uh, yeah. and uh, their take on uh, um, the media. So just uh, <laughs> just putting it out there. Uh, we'll welcome your Patreon dollars, yeah. you dirty incels. Uh, why not? We already we, we, we already insulted millennials by calling them all furries, so why not? So. I was trying to insult furries by calling them all millennials, <laughs> but whatever way you want to take it, fine, <laughs> Uh, and I'm pretty sure that the movie Hanukkah is probably going to be one we're going to talk about on this show eventually. Oh, God, yeah. It sounds oh, God, like yeah. something and we would also, do. And also, I have to say, we watched a movie for this show, and I'm bringing it to the table after reading the synopsis because I, I wrote you, recommended based on my viewing of the movie we watched for this. Oh, yeah. 1972's Night of a Thousand Cats, which if you haven't read the synopsis for, please do. It's fans. It it looks amazing. So this it is actually so a real movie, Night of a Thousand Cats. Yeah, yeah, it's it is a real ass whole ass movie 
You keep talking. I will. I will uh, look up the. Oh, uh, I found it, um, and it is available on Amazon. It's on Prime Amazon online. for sure. Okay, well, maybe. Do you, maybe do you have the synopsis for this thing pulled up. Because... Yes, I do. Um, okay. Millionaire playboy Hugo, who lacks a facial expression, which gives him the appearance of a Thundercat marionette, flies yes. flies around Acapulco on his private helicopter to pick up sexy young women. He whisks them well, away. No, all. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was doing last night. I don't know what you're doing today. <laughs> he whisks them away to his secluded old castle where he wines and dines them, among other things. With the aid of his bald, mute hep- helper named Gorgo, he, Hell yes. <laughs> he kills his dates and keeps their heads in crystal cages and is feeding their chopped up bodies to his army of a thousand cats. <laughs> I'm just saying, here's another movie. That's all I'm saying. I... <laughs> We're definitely going to throw that one in the mix. All right, oh I need to get in the mix. God. I'm just saying. Oh just... my God. I mean, you've got, you've got some revenge movies coming up for me, and that one's definitely going to be Listen, in the mix. That's revenge on both of us. It's <laughs> not just for you, my friend. I saw it. And couldn't stop myself from saying, we're going to end up watching this fresh, wet trash hell. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Why not just talk about it now? Yeah, eventually, yeah, that's definitely coming in the near future. We've got to just based on that description. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was like, I read that and I was like, okay. But what I'm trying to figure out is how did that movie get recommended with the film that we're going to actually discuss on this episode, Spider Baby? Because Spider Baby is wild as hell, man. Uh, the it full, is wild as hell. The full title is Spider Baby, or the maddest story ever told. Um, its original title was actually Cannibal Orgy, or the maddest story ever told. Um, and I, I'm trying to figure out where the real Cannibal Orgy part comes from. because I think it comes from the last five minutes of the film. Yeah, because it kind of like eluded to it in the last five minutes. But I'm like, okay, if I'm going to watch a movie called Cannibal Orgy, I expect the film to be loaded with one, cannibalism, and two, orgies. And right. <laughs> and that was, they were, they were really very light on a, the cannibalism, and also the orgies. <laughs> none of that really happens. No. Um, it, it really wasn't even implied that there was any kind of... There was implied cannibalism to an extent, but no implied orgies. Besides, uh, what's... Oh, God, what's her name? The sister's name that pulled the full Faye Dunaway in the mirror. Um, <laughs> with the lingerie. <laughs> oh, what was her name? Uh, was it Emily? Uh, God, I don't, I, all I know is that this movie should have been called The Further Adventures of Uncle Peter, and I will stand by that. Uncle Peter is by far my favorite thing about, about this film that we watched. It's by, no question, in my mind. No, I told, I, I want Uncle Peter to have a series of films, a la, um, Abbott and Costello, Abbott and Costello, where he just meets, the, he just meets the um, all of the Universal monsters and just hangs out with them. That's and that's what he would do is just bumble around with the Universal monsters. It's fantastic. Oh my god! Okay, just 
continue. I'm sorry. It's, like, it's... So, so is there enough saline in the pool here for you, Creature of the Black Lagoon? I could always add more. Right. right. <laughs> so, brief synopsis of this movie. Spider-Baby. Um, this is the directorial debut of a director by the name of Jack Hill, who went on to actually direct some really significantly huge films in the world of cult cinema. Um, some of the other films that he's directed uh, include The Big Dollhouse, The Big Birdcage, Coffee, Foxy Brown, uh, Sorceress, The Swinging Cheerleaders, Bloodbath. Really? Um, yeah, so he's directed um, a lot of, uh, of uh, you know, horror films that are out there. Uh, so this is the this is actually the one that put him on his map on the map. Even though this film fell into obscurity for the longest time after it was released in 1967, in fact, they thought that this film was lost. But then they found a VHS copy in the 90s, and Jack Hill was able to cut a print from that, and he also found some other footage that was originally cut from the film, and thus created the print that we watched today. Um, the film is now, you know, preserved and everything. In fact, Arrow, which is the version I've got, Arrow Home Video put out an incredible restored release of the film. And I guess the best way to describe the film is it is really, it really is quirky. It really is. It's wild. It is a wild movie. I was not, I was not expecting what this movie was. No. That's, that's for sure. I, it's, like, it's about this family that has this rare disease called Mary's disease, which makes them, uh, which is a fake disease, by the way. Um, which, wait, okay, so from the top of this film, right? You, you, this is this is Office the cult film, by the way. <laughs> this, is, this is the TV show Office. There are so many instances of characters looking right down the barrel of the camera yes. and just giving the camera looks like reactions to camera oh, in yeah. this film that are wild. Especially so Sid Haig. Well, <laughs> Sid Haig, but there's one scene with the sisters that with, with that look with Virginia and Anne who look or no, uh, was it Elizabeth and Virginia? Anne was the, Anne was the crazy, uh, the crazy receptionist it was Elizabeth for Virginia, baby Hitler. Yes. Um, yeah, the yeah, it was um, yeah, it was yes. Elizabeth and Virginia. Yeah, Elizabeth and Virginia. I'm sorry, I had to say something about this movie. <laughs> I thought yes, Brad, I, Chris. I thought Brad Pitt played a much better Spider Baby in Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a good, that's good. That's good. Yeah, because like it this. is kind of Benjamin Button esque, except they. They go all nanners in their brain in, the, in this thing as they regress. The, 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 the Mary's disease makes these adults start progressing in their brain to being childlike and homicidal. And then they start disfiguring and all this wackiness ensues. But how do we figure that out in the film? It's by Uncle Peter, who we didn't know at the time was Uncle Peter. The picking of a book that says rare and peculiar diseases, <laughs> opening it to the page with Mary's disease, then sitting in a chair, looking dead into, like, reading the thing to you as if this were a documentary, yeah. and saying, I'm Uncle Peter. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story about one night where I found out my family 
We're lunatics and weirdos. <laughs> you expect, Join me, won't you? You expect him to break out a loaf of Petrich Farm bread while uh, recounting this tale. Yes. Smuckers. This, this story brought to you by Smuckers. Remember when my nieces were trying to kill me? Petridge Farm remembers. Yeah, I just, I want... A movie series about Uncle Peter. <laughs> <laughs> but even but even before we get introduced to Uncle Peter, we get introduced to one of the wackiest theme songs in oh horror history. Oh my god. Which is performed by the film star Lon Chaney Jr. It um, has nothing to do with the movie, by no, the way. No, nothing at all. It's like, okay, well nothing. let's let's take the monster mash. And let's take the theme to the blob, mash both songs together, sing about mummies and vampires and Frankenstein, and put it to this movie that deals with none of that. Well, also, the lyrics make no sense. It was the laziest effing song I've ever heard in my life. There is a line in this song that says, Frankenstein, Dracula, and even the mummy are sure to end up in someone's tummy. No! That is the laziest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. That makes me so... I listened to it was like, that makes me so mad. That is... This is so... Yeah, in fact, I brought up all the lyrics to this. I've got them in front of me, too. Yeah. Just in case you need them. So, it's screams and moans and bats and bones, teenage monsters and haunted homes. That doesn't even rhyme. The ghosts on the stair, the vampire bite, better beware, there's a full moon tonight. Which is a line from the movie, I'll give them that. Something yes. akin to that is in the film. Then cannibal spiders creep and crawl, boys and ghouls having a ball. Here comes your favorite lyric, Frankenstein, Dracula, and Stop. even the mummy <laughs> are dumb. sure to end up in someone's tummy. Nobody wants that. You don't go to a movie say, I hope Dracula gets eaten by something. I don't know what. <laughs> Mm, I want a mummy. These adult children. I want a mummy in my tummy. But, but here's the deleted line: geese and ducks and lamb better scurry when I take you out in my Surrey. When I take you out in my Surrey with a fringe on top. Oh my God. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, Either that, or you're waiting for Julie Andrews to start singing about her favorite things. Hold on. I, I think there are more. I keep oh, yeah. going, but I think there are more deleted lines. Let me see if I can find the unedited. <laughs> So then we have take a fresh rodent, some toadstools and weeds, and an old owl and a young one she breeds. Mix in seven legs of an eight-legged beast, and then you're all set for a cannibal feast. Sit I, <laughs> I found the, I found the, the, the missing lyrics. Okay. okay. They go right in between the tummy line and the take a fresh rodent line. Okay. Okay. So in 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 the uncut version, it goes Frankenstein, Dracula, and even the mummy are sure to end up in someone's tummy. Then it goes, I'm gonna pop some tags. <laughs> Only got twenty dollars in my pocket. <laughs> I, I I'm hunting, looking for the come up. This is effing awesome. <laughs> then it goes, take a fresh rodent, some toadstools and weeds. That's the uncut version of the song. <laughs> And then, and then the final lyric of this song, Tusk. <laughs> the final lyric is, 
sit around the fire with a cup of brew, a fiend and a werewolf on each side of you. This, Why? This cannibal orgy is strange to behold in the maddest story ever told. Who is this for? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Monster Mash tells a salient story. If you read the lyrics to Monster Mash, they're telling you a story, right? Yeah. And poor, poor Dracula... Um, you know, his song is, uh, you know, they, they appropriated his song for this. He's the muddy waters of that song. Um, this makes no sense. There's, there's nothing here. Ronald Stein can suck my dick. He's bad. He's a bad songwriter. <laughs> he was obviously on copious amounts of cocaine. Oh yeah. And I do not like it. Definitely. Um, I, and, and then I also just found out that uh, when this movie was originally released in 1967, they reissued it in 1978 with the title The Liver Eaters. Why? I don't remember any liver eating. In the movie. No, I remember eating of a lot of things. I remember eating of some things. But not liver. But 100% no liver. Um I do have a question that uh, occurred to me that I wanted to ask on the show, and that was, does did this get a wide release? Um, it did actually. Uh, okay, it did get a wide release, but uh, again, at the same time, it fell into obscurity fast. Um, and it was a low. <laughs> it's like it says it's a low budget movie. I'm like, the hell you say. Uh, no. <laughs> it only cost sixty thousand dollars to make, um, and Lon Chaney Jr. was was paid a flat fee of two thousand five hundred dollars for his appearance in this movie. And he the, did a great job. Yeah, that I mean, that's one thing I have to say. He actually gave a great performance. This was in kind of the twilight of his years, actually, and. Uh, it's kind of sympathetic to see. I mean, he's, his character is very sympathetic. Is also kind of tragic. I mean, not only because of the situation that his character is being forced into, but knowing that this is one of his last performances before passing away. It's like the, he basically became Bella Lugosi at this point. It's like this, these are the only roles he could get now. Is and films like this. And it was, so it was kind of tragic, but boy, did he act his ass off in this well, film. And I will say this for every single person in this film. They were acting, man. They were going for it. I'm they gonna... they were brass ringing this shit all day. They, they really went. There was oh. no phoning it in. No. You're bad. No. You're good. Bad. You're just bad. Everything's bad. You're bad. Every single actor that appeared on screen... <laughs> Was going for it, including the mom at the beginning who had a one-off that served no real purpose in saying that the Mary house, that they that if there was a place like that, they wouldn't know where it was anyway. Well, basically, like, I think she, she was there just to be the racist cunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even she was acting. They were acting, man. They thought that they thought they were in something. For sure. Yeah. You know? And I gotta say, I hate to admit it, I mean, we were talking, <laughs> while you were watching the movie, we were talking about the character she says this to, which is an African-American delivery man. He's the least pro... He, even yeah. though, even, though, even though, as I said, I was waiting for him at one point to say, feats don't fail me now. Oh yeah, something like that. No, really. He he's was. the least problematic thing in this movie. 
Yeah, I was cringing. I was waiting for it, right? I'm like, this is not going to end up well. Like, like this is going to make me feel bad about watching this movie right off the bat from the opening scene of the film. I'm like, no, actually, all right. This, this film is progressive by standards of its time for their treatment of African-American parts in movies. Yeah, he was, he was a very positive character, unlike all the white people in the movie, uh, who were all fucking nanners. They were all, they were all buck wild. Everybody in this movie was buck wild, including, well, okay, so, so the whole story here is, we open up on this family, and as far as we know, at this period, at this point in time, there is two sisters, right? And that's all we see at the beginning. Immediately, they kill the delivery man, the, um, whose sole purpose was to drive the plot by saying that the aunt and uncle were going to show up that day. Um, plenty of notice. Um, he dies immediately, but... As far as we know, and characters are revealed to us slowly, like we get the Boris, or the Boris Karloff, we get the Lon Chaney character almost immediately after, you know, and he's, his, his, like, I don't even, he was great. That's all I'm going to say about it. He was great. Um, But then we, then we get Sid Haig almost immediately after that. And he is very young in this film. I think that's the most shocking thing. I didn't realize he was ever young, but he was young in this. No, because we're used to Sid Haig being old. And so seeing him young in this movie, I was like, wow, he, what, 20? <laughs> I mean, look at how young he is, and he doesn't have facial hair. Right, he doesn't have facial hair. Still bald. Still bald, but doesn't have facial hair. Um and he is—he is obviously, you know, because they explain to us in the in the preface to the movie that all that that like like Chris said that it's that it's uh, hills have eyes meet Benjamin Buttons and everything reverts. In, you know, as they age, not only does their mental state revert, but eventually they get to a point where they hunger for human flesh. Yeah, which makes. No sense, but all right, cool. We'll go um, with it. <laughs> but we get Sid Haig almost from Jump Street, and immediately his character is shocking, I would say. I mean, is that a fair assessment on your well, part? The way like, he's it's... introduced, I mean, well, first of all, when they're trying to get him out of the... I don't even know if that was a limo. It was more like a horse. Limo. That was a horse, right? It was like it was like someone took Dracula from the monsters and converted it into a limo. And the sisters are all like hopping up and down, screaming for him, Ralph, Ralphie, Ralphie, Ralph. And then he comes bursting out of nowhere. <laughs> and it's not like a gradual reveal or anything it's more like a ta-da motherfuckers you know when he comes out <laughs> yeah it is like that and he's like 80 feet tall like he was you know forever yeah and obviously had reverted back to like a, a toddler face because yeah, he, he doesn't know how to talk anymore he just knows how to make moans and grunts right 
Oh god, this movie. This movie was whack. It was whack, yeah. dude. It, I'm I'm gonna tell you right now. I think I think everybody should see it. I do. <laughs> I'll we'll get into it at the end. But this movie is out of its gourd. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we get introduced to that. We are told that within the house somewhere, um, are they the aunt and uncle? The aunt and uncles, yeah. Live in the house somewhere. Um, and we don't get, we don't even really see them at all throughout the entire movie till the end. Yeah. Um, and then there's allusions to the father living in the house. Father wouldn't like that. Yeah, yeah. Master or father wouldn't like that because... You know, uh, basically, basically, Cheney plays effed up Alfred for this family mm-hmm. who's who's been there for ever, who's who's you know helped this family forever deal with their particular situation. Yeah, the family chauffeur, the caretaker, who knows what else he's had to do for these kids. Well, I think we're pretty clear about what he's had to do for a body disposal guy, like you name it, he's done it. Um, a thirty-five-year-old diaper changer, yeah. whatever you need, he's doing it. But God, yeah. Um, but they get noticed fairly early on that aunt and uncle are coming up to take custody of the house and the family, and they're um, bringing their lawyer with the wonderful name of Schlocker. Schlocker with the uh, unfortunate Hitler Charlie Chaplin <laughs> mustache. <laughs> That's not a good idea. That's not a good idea. And he brings his secretary, Anne, with him. Mm. Uh, Anne, uh, uh, most believable character up to a certain point, which I do want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> she says something in a car ride that made me go, whoa, back to F up, and You don't, you, you need to watch that. Um, so what, what happens then? So, um, you know, um, Lon Chaney Jr.'s character, Bruno, finds out why they're here and what's going to happen. And, of course, he's like, oh, father won't like that. You know, that's said a lot in the beginning of the movie. It is said a lot. So that's why it's alluded that, you know, the father's still alive but maybe sick and invalid. So we, we then have the meeting of Schlocker and Emily and Peter. And right away when we meet Emily, we know that she's a straight-up cunt. I mean, she, yeah, she's, she's nothing, nothing likable about her character whatsoever. She's just there for the money. Right. Peter, on the other <laughs> Peter's hand. Peter's like, hey, I'm free. Let's God, do this. I love Peter. I love him so much. I love Peter so much. Just bumbles into every scene. Just so happy to be there. He is the, he is the embodied walking personification of YOLO. That's what he I, is. <laughs> I just, there was a point in the movie where I was literally just waiting for him to bust out into Volare because he was straight channeling Dean Martin <laughs> in some of this movie. <laughs> just, hey, I'm Uncle Peter. Oh, come on now, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jerry. Oh, I'm Uncle Peter. I'm Uncle Peter. Oh, look, Ralph got all dressed up for dinner. Oh, nothing creepy about the Dutch boy cosplay costume that he's wearing. Fine. Oh, yeah, I loved when he appeared in that outfit. I was like, oh, my God. 
you couldn't be more stereotypically kiddy than appearing dressed as the Dutch boy. <laughs> That's everything's fine here. Oh, what is that? That looks like rabbit. I think I'll eat it. Mm, it's good. <laughs> so yeah, the, the 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 sister decides the aunt that because of the situation that the family's living in, where the caretaker has had to basically raise the family, and because she thinks that this is all a put on, um, mm-hmm. that everyone's going to stay at the house. Um, except for Anne, who's like, no, get me out of here. I don't want to stay here. And I'm like, good for you. You got the right idea. Get the hell out of there. <laughs> it's it's a rare it's a rare thing in a movie when the white woman makes the right decision to yes. leave. She's like, yeah, I'm going to go stay at the hotel. She's like, I think I saw a hotel down the road. Uh, I need to get back to that place. But prior to that, they decide to have dinner. And that's when we find out um, that... Um, they are apparently vegetarian, except for, um, except for Ralph, who gets to, uh, eat what he kills. Right, he is a vegetarian, but he gets to eat what he catches. uh Uh-huh, and except for Virginia, who eats insects. Right. (laughs) Because insects are vegetarian. And so, Bruno's wondering what to do about dinner. And um, Ralph decides to go hunt for dinner, um, and he brings to dinner what they claim is rabbit, but it's actually cat. It is cat. It is cat. And yes. meanwhile, Peter's like, "You should really try this. This is really good. This is good. Mm. Yeah, it's good. I'll serve." God, I love Peter. <laughs> and Emily's like. Oh, I don't think so. And they're like, okay, well, how about some salad? And they give her a bowl full of straw for yeah, salad. Yeah, grass and straw. Well, there's also the part with the mushrooms. <laughs> or it's, uh, what was it? Was it a uh, sautéed fungi is what they, what he sauteed says it is? Sautéed fungi is, is what he called it, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> it's so good. He's like, so these good. grow in abundance around here. And it's like, it's like I even saw them when Emily, not Emily, but when Elizabeth, uh, not Virginia, when she's doing her little spider baby crawl across the glass, grass, hunting for her bugs. And he's like, he's like, she has a knack for picking the non-poisonous ones. Yeah. It's, and it's like, it's like they tried so hard to like make it creepy. And it, it's just like you wanted to reach to the screen and be like, bitch, shut up. It's creepy. It's creepy. Yeah. You don't have to try to make it any more creepy. Sid Haig's in a sailor costume. That could be the name of this movie with no context, and you would be fine. The thing that killed me, though, is in that scene when she's gathering the insects and the mushrooms, it's, it's obvious that they just threw a bunch of portobello mushrooms on the ground yeah. And, yeah. and said, okay, go pick the portobello mushrooms. <laughs> yep, you're right. It is, that is 100% true. And so they're, uh, si- they're sitting around at dinner and they're talking about, you know, whether or not it would be safe to stay in the house. And um, that's when Uncle Peter makes a comment about horror films and everything. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> we cut to Bruno, Lon Chaney Jr., who says, and there's a full moon out tonight. And well, then there's a pause of silence to let the audience slowly realize the yeah. joke. <laughs> Well, there's a setup there with Anne mm-hmm. talking about how she likes horror movies. Mm-hmm. 
and how she likes the mummy for the way that the mummy walks. And Anne was really doing, again, Anne was really acting it up. Mm-hmm. Like she was doing impressions of monsters. And, and of course, Uncle Peter's just eating this up. He's like, I'm going to tap that. Oh, That's yeah. What's gonna I'm happen. loving this. Hey, you want to go get a cocktail and dick? Yeah. You want to cook it a cocktail at the whatever inn? The I forget what they called it. But, uh, yeah, he spends about half the movie drunk. Um, but, you know, she's eating it up. And he's like, do you really like Wolfman? And, and then he says, do you want to stay? And she's like, no. And, and, and I think she's – I think somebody said, what do you think they are, vampires? And um, – and or, or werewolves, and that's when Lon Chaney looks kind of like dead into the camera and goes, "There's a, uh, there's a moon, there's, there's a there's a full moon, moon out tonight," and then just sits, and then just sits and looks into the camera. <laughs> so good. And then so Emily's good. looking around like, <laughs> and then we cut to the kids, and they do the same look that Lon Chaney Jr. is giving yes. into the camera, as if they're like saying, "Get it." Huh? Huh? <laughs> but it's a good, it's a good line. It's a good delivery. Oh yeah, they, they set that up nicely and delivered on it quite well. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be, couldn't be happier with that part of the, uh, with that part of the film. Um, so, so yeah, she has to go to the hotel, right? So yeah, and 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 Peter's taking her there, and they talk about having a cocktail there. Meanwhile. Um, Emily and Schlocker are snooping around the house, and Schlocker goes into the basement, to which... He does? Yeah, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna go into this basement here, because I didn't know about this basement, hey, and he starts hearing noises, and he looks up to find Elizabeth in Virginia, who somehow went and got their makeup changed... To look like the hag from from House on Haunted Hill, <laughs> and just looked at him and went, "Kill him!" <laughs> and attacked him. There's a there. Well, they they start snooping around as if it was the worst episode of Scooby Doo. <laughs> like they're looking all over the house. He finds an ear in a box. The ear of the mailman or the delivery man, he finds just in a box. Um, and he's like, what's this? I think I'll just keep going. And like, what? Why would you Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. And Elizabeth and, Elizabeth and uh, not Elizabeth, but Virginia and... Um, Elizabeth. Oh, Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth and Virginia are, are like, they don't trust us. They're bad. You shouldn't say bad. You should hate them. You should hate them. It's not nice to hate, but they're bad. He killed a spider. (laughs) Yeah. This conversation going on, I'm like, oh my god, you know, with these kids, and so that, so basically, I mean, Virginia really didn't want to do anything, but Elizabeth, who is the, I, I guess you could say the brains of the outfit, um. I mean, we'll go with that, I guess. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, convinces Virginia into killing Schlocker because of the fact that he killed one of her pet spiders. Well, how much convincing was really necessary? Because as soon as she's on the stairs, she just screams, Kill him! And, 
and they just launch at him. Meanwhile, Emily is upstairs and finds random, 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 <laughs> random lingerie. Damn it. <laughs> and, and is starting to try on the lingerie. And then the big reveal happens. They go in to kiss Father Goodnight. Only for us to realize that father is a rotting corpse. It's a skeleton. Basically, looks like Mrs. Bates and Psycho uh, <laughs> on the big reveal, and I'm like, oh, he's a corpse. So of course he is, you know. And what was I expecting? <laughs> and so then, all of a sudden, Emily comes walking down in her garters and her. And her thigh high nylons and her pointy cone bra. She was looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> well, and her look, and her sheer. Well, don't forget thingy. that at that point, um, Ralph had scurried down the side of a building. Um, oh, to watch! Down. Oh, to watch him! Yes, he got to horned. Watch her! Yeah, he got all horned up. And scurried down the side of a building to Spider-Man style. To watch her, she opens the window because she hears noises outside, and he's just there. And he goes in, and he like tries to grab her, and she freaks out and starts coming down. The, that's when she comes out of the room and starts running yeah. down the stairs, like full like garters and brazier and like so, and the weird you know like po- drapey pointy gauze. pointy tits forward is what she was running. She really was. She was Anne she Baxter. Was. She was like Ann Baxter in the Ten Commandments, just running tits forward. Down She's like somebody tits. set Madonna's Vogue factory on fire <laughs> in nineteen sixty eight. And then that's when she discovers that Schlocker's been killed, so she goes running out of the house. To which Elizabeth's like, She's gonna tell. She's gonna tell <laughs> And so they go chasing after her. And so now we've got this running through the field where we have Emily in high heels, stockings, garter, bra, and sheer nighty, running around outside like <laughs> like Shashaka Boar, basically. <laughs> and like trying to run away. And then suddenly... Ralph bones her. <laughs> yeah, Ralph, Ralph tackles her to the ground. And it's implied that, you know, he he, he, he goes ahead and rapes her. It's mm-hmm. pretty much implied. Because um, later on, when she comes to, oh, God. oh, Ralph, <laughs> oh, Ralph, where are you? She's all hot and warm. Oh, suddenly she Ralph wants, was. suddenly she wants that mental hot degraded dick. dick. Yeah. Wow. Well, but they're all looking for her. For her too, yeah, right, because she'll tell. Mm-hmm. So they go out after her. Ralph's out there already, grabs her, and then they find Ralph and her, and they're like, uh, I, "I think it, I think Virginia finds them and yells for Elizabeth to come here because Ralph's got her." And they just stand there and stare at it. Yeah, they, they <laughs> and then they, cut they, the camera. They watch Ralph Ralphing her basically, and basically, and then they cut the camera about the time. That they can't. That uh, Ann can't find a hotel room. So Uncle Peter and Ann are coming back to the house after Ann tells Uncle Peter that every man should act like a werewolf and takes what he wants. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, what? Ann, <laughs> calm down. All right. Basically, Ann was like dropping not so subtle hints 
That to, she wanted some Ralph Lovin too. Yeah, so she basically does everything except say stick it in to Peter. I, well, and I, was the name of I got the implication that they did at the at the they did that. That was sort of the way I read that. I don't know if I was completely wrong, but I read it as they boned when they were out. <laughs> And then, well, well, like I said, that was the name of the motel, the Stick It In. The oh. <laughs> Stick It In. Stick It In. Wow. That's hilarious. So they go in the house, and Elizabeth and Virginia's like, oh shit, they're back. But they like But they like them, but in a weird way. Because uh, Virginia. Tell me about. Matter of fact, Chris, you watched this, right? Oh, yeah. Chris, tell me about the scene. When uh, Uncle Peter and Aunt show back up at the house, can you, if you remember correctly, can you describe for me what the two daughters did when they arrived, how they <laughs> greeted them at the house? Oh, I'm losing my memory on that one. Uh, imagine a deranged Blanche Devereaux. Yes, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're standing, they're both standing at the door wearing like weird sort of negligees. Mm-hmm. And they're like, welcome home, Uncle Peter. Like, what? <laughs> it was so... Cr- that was creepy. Why don't you come out and have mint juleps on the lanai? Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Uncle Peter and and, and, and... and What was her name? Anne? Anne. And Miss Anne, you're a pretty lady. I like you. You're a pretty lady. <laughs> come here. Uh, she, she, I mean, she's like all over her, just like... Wrote a pen mark on her mom. I have such a pretty mom. <laughs> I have a beautiful mother. I have the best mother in the world. Uh-huh. All right, go ahead, Batsy. I was waiting for Jerry Lewis to come out of nowhere because she's a <laughs> nice, nice lady. You pretty lady. I was waiting for that. Well, and then, so, so Virginia whisks Anne away. Not Virginia. No, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, Elizabeth whisks, whisks Anne away. away her bedroom where she'll be sleeping with father in father's room with the desiccated corpse of father. And, um, so cut back once, once, you know, Ralph gets a hold of Anne and they're trying to get Ralph off of Anne. Cause again, they like Anne. Anne's not the bad one. Um, and then Ralph Ralph is now trying to fuck Anne basically. And, and they cut back to, Uncle Peter being tied to a chair playing Spider with Virginia. And he's like, oh, what's this game? This is a fun game. I'm going to tie you up and then I'm going to stab you. But first of all, do you think I'm pretty? Right. And he's, <laughs> he's like, well, Virginia, maybe we should. Well, I don't know why I'm slowly <laughs> sliding into a Bill Clinton. <laughs> My impression has gone from like a sort of Dean Martin to a Bill Clinton impression. But he's like, maybe we should. Uh, Try another game. Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, she's like hiking up her dress, exposing her legs, almost exposing her vagina. And I mean, if it hasn't been established, if it hasn't, I mean, it was established well into the movie that these kids were products of inbreeding. Um, So I guess it runs in the family. Uh, So she's trying to seduce her uncle. Well, I don't think they care. Like, <laughs> I was waiting for Peter to go, okay, I'll, why not? I'll try anything once. Well, yeah, yeah right. Like, I tried your rabbit for dinner. 
Uh, why yeah. not? We'll give it a shot. I'm still a little tipsy. Let's see what happens. Let's see where we'll the see. night takes us, right? Playing, but, uh, playing Spider, though, she wants to stab her uncle, but he she wants him to stab her first. Yeah. When, when, when she realizes that isn't going to happen, she goes for the knives. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, okay, She's I'm going to cut you, cut you. But then, of course, things start breaking loose because Anne, surprise, surprise, is freaking out. Uh, to which Elizabeth's like, you wouldn't tell, would you, pretty lady? Pretty, pretty lady. And then we go down to the basement. By the way, at this point in the movie, everybody's shirt is open. Yeah. Everybody's shirt is open at this point in the movie. Yes. So we, we get down to the basement, and then all of a sudden, as as everything's going nuts in the basement, and they start talking about how they're going to drain the blood, out of oh, Anne. that's right, because they got to get her to stop moving. Yeah, so they're going to drain the blood out of her by basically reenacting the movie Saw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we then cut to the field where Emily is laying there, all you know, post fucked with, <laughs> with, um, with, 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 and and getting up, saying in the most horniest, dreamy voice, oh. Ralph. Oh, Ralph. And I'm like, oh, she wants more. And so she she gets back up to the house screaming for Ralph. And she looks and sees Peter trying to get out of the chair tied up. And she just like all of a sudden has this deranged look where it was like she was smiling to the point where she's saying, look, I had my teeth polished. Are they white? Right. And, and her eyes are all bugged out, and I'm going, oh, okay, now she's went nanners. And well, he, he, Ralph screwed the, the crazy family right into her. Yes. So now if suddenly she didn't out have of, it before, she got it now. That's suddenly, out of nowhere, he injected the Marys into her. <laughs> it's an STD. I don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> I have a question. Yes? Basically, didn't Ralph just fuck his aunt? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They, they don't care, Chris. They don't care. That's the oh, thing. They're, sure they're I, beyond the point of giving a shit. I want to make sure I hit every branch on this family tree. <laughs> so Peter's trying to get himself out. He sees one of the knives and tries to grab the knife. But then, <laughs> like minions out of nowhere, comes the pet spiders. Which mm -hmm. I'm like, They come to her call, by yes, the way. Yes, so he can't do that. Meanwhile, we got, you know, the fighting with Anne, and suddenly Emily appears, and then she, go <laughs> she goes all Joan Crawford on her period on Ralph and attacks him, and it, all this is going on. Meanwhile, prior to all this batshit craziness happening, Lon Chaney character Bruno told the kids oh, yeah. that he was going to go and get a special toy for them and bring it back to play with. Well, it turns out the special toy he went to go get was dynamite from a blasting zone nearby. That's true. Which they <laughs> conveniently laid as foreshadowing at the beginning of yes. the film because they the the brother and sister that Peter and uh, I want to call her Karen her name's Emily, but I want to call her Karen, had to wait for, for some ungodly reason at that point that nobody understood, had to wait for the blasting to be done yeah, there's, before they could go any further. Well, it's like Bruno says, they're making room for a new highway, so they got a blast in. And I'm like, 
Since when do they need to use dynamite blasting to build a freeway? <laughs> well, we need this dynamite up in this movie. So, so this is what we're going to do. So he goes and retrieves the dynamite. So he's on his way back with the dynamite. Anne falls into a viper pit of cannibals. Uh, no, no, she falls into the casket. It's, She's in a casket. She falls into the casket. It's Emily who falls into the viper pit of cannibalistic aunt and uncles who all look like they're wearing bad makeup on a Twilight Zone episode. Um, oh, yeah. Now, were they, they – I think that the implication wasn't that they were that they were all cannibal. I think they were half cannibal, half sex cannibal. Yeah. They, they were yeah, in a frenzy. They, gonna, they wanted to eat the fuck It was just basically giving yourself time. over to, like, the basest of desires at that point. And they were covered in warts and hair, and they were yeah. they were meowing for some reason. Mm-hmm. And um, so all this is going on, and Lon Chaney appears, and he's like, oh, perfect, everyone's here, let me kill you all. Mm-hmm. And, and breaks out the dynamite and says, this is the new toy, it's gonna go boom. And so you're going to see a loud flash, and it's going to go boom. And Elizabeth and Virginia are like, yay! <laughs> and so Peter gets out, runs down, grabs Anne. Meanwhile, Bruno's like, you better get out of here. You're about to yeah, die. Peter falls down the dumbwaiter. And the only way, this is why I love Peter so fucking much. The only way that Peter got out of the situation was to accidentally back his chair into the dumbwaiter. And fall down the dumbwaiter backwards. Yes, and end up in the basement with with the with the rest of the family. And he's just like, "What? What's going on? What's happening?" And uh, Lon Chaney's like, "You better get out of here." And he's like, "Cool, see ya." And just like takes off. And he's like, "Oh, Anne's here. I'll take her too." And then just like takes off running. What I love during this part is when Bruno again says, "You better get out of here quick." And Peter goes, "I'm going. I'm going." <laughs> <laughs> And so the house blows up, and then we cut back to Peter, who's who is gray hairish, closing the book of rare diseases and finishing his tale. We find out that he married Anne, yes. and they had a child. And the child, he he's all talking about, yeah, you know, it, it didn't affect me. It didn't affect my side of the family. The the Mary, the Mary's the Mary's disease is dead and gone. And then we cut to the daughter and dun dun dun. Well, she walks out of the house, uh, you know, um, all like uh, the remake of House on Haunted Hill style. <laughs> I don't know where that camera was put, but it was 1967. I don't think they have security cameras. But she, you know, she wanders around the yard, kind of wanders off camera, and wanders back in, and then stares creepily directly into the camera. And then you cut to her perspective, and there's a spider, and she's staring at the spooky spider, and she's smiling, and it's like, oh, okay, so potential sequel. Okay, so I guess Ralph did throw it in, Anne. Yes, <laughs> that's how she gets it. So yeah, it, Mary's disease is an STD. That's the lesson we learned. I love this film for the sheer fact that it is bananas. This film is part is one part Psycho, one part Manos the Hands of Fate, one part the Incredibly Strange Creatures who 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 became mixed up zombies, <laughs> and one part the Bad Seed. Yes, it was. I cannot recommend. It's eighty minutes of your life that you'll be happy you spent watching this film because it's wild this movie is perfect for halloween it really is because if you're having a party or oh, you yeah. know 
this is the this is one of the movies you want to put on. This I'm, I'm a, folding this into that that you know that uh, playlist of movies that I have. Yeah, this is a party movie indeed. You're hosting a Halloween party. You're looking for a movie to watch. Throw this sucker on. Have a great laugh. Have lots of fun with this one because yeah, it is. It's nanners. It really is, and it's just. It, the thing is, is it's never boring whatsoever. No, no, <laughs> it never lets up. It no, never lets up. It's never dull, and it's just so crazy. And I mean, the look on Chris's face while he's watching this, he, at a couple points he's like, is this actually happening? Really? Is this happening? <laughs> I was watching it alone and out loud saying things like, what? What? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? What just happened? I'm confused. I mean... Some of my favorite quotes in this movie. I there's some great quotes. It's like I love when Schlocker um, <clears throat> has finally had enough of the kids' bullshit and screams out, "This has gone well beyond the boundaries of prudence and good taste." <laughs> yes, I, yeah, there are there are rules and laws, children. <laughs> I absolutely loved that I line. Out of all the lines in that movie, that was the one that made me laugh so hard. That was his way of trying to plead the case to these deranged kids. I'm like, oh, honey, no. <laughs> it's not going to work. So here's a, here's a funny thought. What if Ralph survived the blast and then ended up growing up and becoming Captain Spaulding? That's, that's interesting. That's an interesting fan theory. Interesting. How did he learn to talk then? Well, <laughs> that theories don't always make sense, you know. That's true. Interesting. You'd be the You're right a age. Pretty lady. I like you, pretty lady. <laughs> oh, my God. But, um, yeah, definitely re highly recommend um, Spider Baby. If you have Amazon Prime, it is on Amazon Prime for you to watch. Um, there also is, I discovered that there is a copy of the film on YouTube also, so you can uh, watch it there. Um, this is definitely a film that it must be seen to believe, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, you definitely want to watch it with a bunch of friends, maybe even drunk, I don't know. Um, it may add, oh, that yes, <laughs> that may add to the enhancement of it. Um, I'm honestly surprised that this movie uh, fell into obscurity like it did because, to be quite honest with you, this film has creature feature written all over it. And oh, and uh, uh -oh. <laughs> did you get the Mary's disease there, Andy? I did. I had to go eat a cat. I'm back now, though. <laughs> it involved a cat. I did not eat the cat, but it did involve a cat nonetheless. But anyway, like I, I just want to know one thing real quick. Yeah. The only two people in the movie who actually ate the cat were also the only two people in the movie who actually fucked a woman at some point. It's a metaphor, eating pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Uncle God. Peter and Anne eventually had a kid. True. And Ralph had sex with Emily. That's true. I'm just saying. And only two ate, actually ate the cat. I'm I'm dead serious. Bring back Uncle Peter 
Give give me more Uncle Peter movies. That's what I do them now. Do them now. Like I, I want Gravitas Pictures or something to pick up the Uncle Peter series and start making start making Uncle Peter movies where he just bumbles into other other film ideas. <laughs> oh, so I see we have a birdemic going on here. Yeah, just survives in the like as a background character from his perspective, but he's not a real part of it. Because he wasn't there for a lot of what was going on. Yeah. Like, he was just in the, like, wandering through, just being nice to everything, <laughs> and, and walks out and survives. Is it, you know, this, you get the idea during the the cold open and the, and the close, right, mm-hmm. that he hasn't been scarred too greatly. Oh, no, it didn't phase him at all. No. Yeah, by this whole thing. Like, he's just Peter. Like, oh, yeah, well, you know, let me tell you the tale of Mary's disease. <laughs> and the one night, that it's not a disease anymore. And then, like, but my family doesn't have it, so we're cool, we're right? Cool. Everything's good. Great. Hey, good luck with that exorcism, Father Karras. <laughs> <laughs> exactly I'm going to go back to Bear Stearns now and my job. <laughs> Honestly, I'm really surprised, like I was saying, I'm really surprised that this became a lost film for a long time because this screams creature feature. It really does. And I would love to see this movie like at the Texas Theater or something like that. From I was even asking a couple people who work at uh, the Texas Theater here in uh, Dallas if they've ever shown it. And they said, apparently it's actually hard to get the rights to show this movie in the theater. And I'm like... Why? Why is it so hard to get the rights to this movie? This movie needs to be seen by an audience. And, it, I mean, this is one of those movies that definitely needs to be a communal experience. Oh, yeah. Like, I wish that I would have seen this in a theater with a bunch of different people because it would have been hella fun to see it that way. It was yeah. fun to watch it regardless, but it would have been a hella fun to see it that way. Mm-hmm. All right, so I, I think we... Pretty much can't recommend this movie enough. No, we can't. So, again, check it out either on Amazon Prime or YouTube. Or if you want to do like what I did, I I just – I bought it. Of course we did. Yeah, of course we did. Well, I bought it out of respect to Sid Haig. So – but, yeah, I bought the Arrow home video version of it. it, You definitely have to see this thing to believe it. Um, But, um, yeah, there we go. That's that's our special – bizarre tribute to Sid Haig (laughs) episode – um, but like I said, I didn't want to do the atypical of like a house of thousand corpses or devil's rejects or anything. And I'm glad that we actually chose a film that turned out to be a lot of fun, uh, to watch. And then you keep an eye out for our official 19th, uh, movie episode twice dead, uh, which we're doing with the uh, spooky bitches of Lubbock, which will be coming out. So yeah, you get two episodes this Halloween from us. So um, anyway, um, until then. And, and it's a good night for me because you don't get to ruin my life with another horrible movie on this one. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah, because you won't find out until that one. So Right, so I can live another day safe and sound. <laughs> but don't worry. You get to have your revenge soon, Mr. Farmer. Don't worry. I, I, I intend on letting you pick the movie soon. Oh well, then you best uh, you best get ready for bad men. 
because I'm not backing down. You're trying to push until Amazon removes it from their catalog, and I'm on the back end talking to Amazon like, you've got to leave it there until I tell you to take it down because this is my experience, and they're making a documentary about my life now, about how scarred I am by by this experience. It's going to be great. All right, gang, we'll see you on the next episode and talk to you all later. Pretty lady. (laughs) I'm Uncle Peter. (laughs) 